I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I am humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I am mature in the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Our scripture comes from 1 Peter, the 4th chapter, verse 16, and you'll find these words, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, but it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Then it tells us, praise God for the privilege. Praise God for the of being called by his name. So being called by his name is a, and if it is a privilege, that means everybody don't have that. Y'all may be seated. First, I want to thank Minister Davis uh, for standing in the gap on last week and giving us an inspiring word where he challenged us to be ready to face the world. And so from that, uh, today we're going to begin a short series that I've entitled, I'm Privileged. Somebody say, I'm Privileged. Somebody say, I'm Privileged again. Say it like you know you mean it. Say it like you know you're living in it. Now, now, let me get the road and the foundation laid right first. This message is not intended to be a cultural or social conscious message that is about ethnic privilege. You know, that's a big discussion in the news today about white privilege, black privilege. Ain't about that. You know, it is even not about the privilege of the rich or the privilege of celebrities. That's some talk about this thing called executive privilege. Guess what? It ain't even about that. You know, I was looking up Privilege Cliff, and I found out that veterans have. And Brother JP, we senior citizens got privileges. But this message is not about that or any other privilege that we have or don't have because of our race, creed, color, national order, or previous condition of servitude. This message is not about the community that you live in, whether it's gated or not. You know, this ain't about the size of your bank account or your investment account or your lack thereof. It is not, it is not even about the cars that you drive or how dripped out your clothes are. Some of the young folks know what I'm talking about. We old folks, I had to, I had to look up that. I, you know, I heard somebody use that. What are they talking about? Dripped out. See, when you dripped out, you wear clothes with the G symbol on Names like Armani, you know, Heart Chapters and Moss. But guess what? You can be privileged and don't even have an Armani 
this is what I want to get across today is about your special honor right that you have because of your relationship. Somebody say relationship. Your relationship with Jesus and your heavenly father. This privilege is available to all who want to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. When you put your faith in him and see him as the author of your eternal salvation, with that move comes privilege. Now, privilege is defined this way. Something regarded as a special honor, right, or advantage available to a particular person or group. Definition two say a, a right or immunity granted as a peculiar benefit, advantage, or favor. The third definition, I kind of like it says, a set of unearned benefits given to people who fit into a special group. Look at somebody say, I'm privileged. Because whether you believe it or not, you fit into a special Now sometimes having privilege means having an advantage that is out of your control and that you didn't even ask for. You may not even notice it until someone educates you about the privileges that you have. As Christians, God sending Jesus to die for us and for our sins was out of our control. We had nothing to do with that. But because of his love, his grace, and his mercy, and most of us now have been educated about it, we understand that we walk in, we walk in privilege. You know, and it is almost like if I was born into the Kennedy family. As a baby, I may not know what I have. I didn't even ask for it. But it's mine whether I know it. But it's up to somebody who's in the family to tell me the privileges that come with the name. And it's my job to tell you the privileges that you have because of the name. Amen. Amen. And you have this privilege no matter how fine you dress or how poor you live. Amen. And so what I want you to see is that you got to embrace this thing called Amen. And when you see yourself like God see you as being privileged, then you don't allow others to define you. Because you know and understand who you Go to the first go to the book of John, my first turn, John. Because I want you to see I'm privileged to have Jesus as my good shepherd. See, he's not a highland who comes to take advantage of us and, and abandon us when troubled times come. Jesus did not come to steal, kill, and to destroy. But he came that you may have, and that you may have it more abundantly. And to ensure that you could have that life, he laid down his life for you. And it's a privilege to know that I was worthy enough for Jesus to die just for me. And you ought to share that same privilege. Amen. Now look at this. He says, look, and I want you to see throughout this relationship and some things that 
you ought to be excited about when you understand who you are and how you fit into God's overall plan. He says, I am the good shepherd. Somebody say good shepherd. He says the good shepherd sacrificed his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees the wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. Relationship. And he is their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters them. See, it's important for you to know who you be. When you know who you belong to, you know how you're supposed to act. You know how you're supposed to carry yourself. You know how you're supposed to see yourself. And you got to see yourself. It's a privilege to say, I belong to Jesus. I'm not my own. I'm under ownership. Amen. See, the problem is we think we belong to ourselves, so therefore we, we undervalue ourselves and treat ourselves like we don't have no privilege. But when you know who you are and how he values you, then you'll see it's an honor and a privilege to be owned by him. Amen. Verse 13, he says, the hired hands run away because he's working only for the money and doesn't care about the sheep. There are some folks that you holding up in high esteem out there that don't care. And you think that you're privileged just because you know them and they don't care. And you're sitting in here and have a relationship with Jesus Christ and live below your privileges. Walking around without an identity and knowing who you are. He says, now look. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. A relationship again. I that word there is talking about some type of intimate, close fellowship with. I know them. And the other side, it's a two-way exchange. They know. So it's a mutual understanding that I know him and he knows me. And because I know him and he knows me, it put me in a privileged position with his dad. Y'all better get this. Because I know Jesus and Jesus knows me, we have that type of relationship. He understands me, Cliff. He knows what my heart, you know, what I want in my heart. You know, he, he knows me enough that, that he died for me. So therefore, because of that relationship, I see myself as being privileged. See, some of us would be privileged if we said that we know LeBron James. I mean, I'm talking about no like in this passage. I ain't talking about you don't read his clippers, but I'm talking about you like. And I guarantee you, if you knew him like that, you would be riding the coattail of his privilege. Y'all don't sit here and try to cheese me, I know. Hey, you, do you know who I'm talking about? Look at this, we got a selfie together, me and Brum Brown. You know, we got like that. I call him like Brum Brum. We, we like that. But what about you and Jesus? 
Will you run all over town telling everybody that you know? But you'll leave out of here on fire. I know Brum Brum. Let me call my boy right now. Let me, I got him on speed up. Bam. Bronnie, what's up, man? How your son doing? You gonna go pro? And y'all be walking around with your head up in the air just like that. But you know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and don't nobody know you know him. You don't brag about it. You don't tell everybody. I, I knew it was going to get quiet right there. That wasn't in my notes, so I knew it was going to get quiet right there. Now look. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. And then he said, just as my father knows me, and I know the father. So my relationship with Jesus have a direct connection to my relationship with the then he says, so I sacrificed my life for the sheep. Man, it's an honor and a privilege to know that he died just for, just for you. You're privileged. You can sit in that little red chair up there that's standing out. All because of who you? And when you don't know that, you'll just take any seat, Cliff. Because you don't, you, don't, you don't think you're worthy enough to sit in certain places. You, you go to another place. But wait a minute. I know Jesus. And with that relationship comes. See, if we understand this privilege, we wouldn't be worried around, running around here talking about white privilege. You wouldn't even. But when you don't know who you are, White privilege concern. So when I know who I am and who I represent, who know me, I carry myself in a different way. I act like I'm a child of, and because I'm a child of God, can wonder I'm a child of. Ah, oh, God, this ain't supposed to be in the church. We ain't supposed to talk like that. No, I'm just telling you, you are. The Bible says you are. If you want to agree with what the words say, then why come to church? Let me move on. I, 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 I ain't trying to get too hype right here. Go to Romans, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse 31 through 34. This is very familiar passage of Scripture. I'm pretty because Jesus is praying for me. You know, the Bible let me know he's seated in the place of honor at the right hand of God, Cliff. And he is making intercession for me. Cliff, when you forget about me, Jesus is still. Brother Herb, when you got other things on your plate and, and you got other issues that's more important than both, Jesus and on the flip side of that coin, when Bolden got all kinds of stuff going on in his life, and he ain't even thinking about you today, you better know that you got somebody that's praying for you. Why? Because you are. 
Oh, my God, I'm having fun with this. You know, because I like talking about privilege. Even though Cliff born, had to eat, like somebody said the other night, you know, a sugar water drink. I mean, drink sugar water before we even had Kool-Aid. You know, I understood what vinegar and sugar was before we even had Kool-Aid. But look here now that I know who I am. If I had known who I was back then, even though I was drinking vinegar water with sugar in it, I would have still saw myself as being But because I didn't know who I was, people defined me and made me believe I was living below my I may have been living below them based on man's standards, but on God's standards, I was on par with everybody else who knows Jesus. Look at this, y'all, in verse 31. He says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Man, that's privilege right there. You know, you take both. It don't matter. If he's on my side, it don't matter who's on the other side. It don't matter who come against me. Why? Because God is on. And if he's on my side, I don't care who is on the enemy's side. That is not my concern. He can go out there and get whoever he wants. But at the end of the day, I'm still a child of privilege. How did I know? Privilege. He did not spare his own son, Jesus, but delivered Jesus up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all? Now here he's talking about all things that pertain to your salvation. If God would allow Jesus to die for you, Finley, anything that you need to do to get saved, he would not hold that back. So when people want to enter into this special place and this special relationship with God, because I told you it is not for everything, not for everybody. Everybody ain't going to want to enjoy the privilege that you have because you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It is open to everybody, but everybody is not going. You know, in the natural, when we got certain privileges, you know, I'm talking about real, real now. Is that relate to? When we got certain privileges, it was open to everybody, but everybody didn't want to sit in front of the bus. It was open. But because our mind was so messed up, we still thought that we were supposed to be on the... And see, that's how some Christian minds are messed up. Because they don't know who they are. They don't know what God gave for them and their self. And so therefore, they live below they're privileged. God gave Jesus just for you. And so it don't matter who come against you. He already made the best sacrifice for you. So why would he withhold anything that's good for you? If he gave his best. Now, your value is not determined by 
whose family you was born in. Your value is determined by what was paid for, for you. Jesus paid the price for you. God allowed him to do that, made it a requirement, so therefore that placed value on The only reason Gucci is expensive and have value cliff is because somebody is willing to pay $3,000 for the purse or whatever. If it sit on the shelf for a year, you'll get it for $2.99. But because there are some Gucci freaks out there, as soon as they put it out, somebody got to, because they want to walk in, Amani, whatever, you feel like make you feel privy. And I'm telling you, we got to let people know, and I ain't got no problem with it. I wear expensive clothes. So I ain't going to be hypocritical here. I wear shoes that may cost $1,000. I wear them now because they, they was real tough shoes. They were real skin shoes. And, and now that you get old, <laughs> they hurt. So you know these. These here work for me. But what I'm trying to tell you, those alligator shoes did not define me. I was privileged when I was wearing non-alligator shoes. When I was wearing pleather shoes. Not even real cow. But because I didn't know that, I was trying to find privilege in others. But I'm here to tell you that you don't have to look no further than Jesus to find all the privilege that you. Verse 33 says, who shall bring another one of those privilege statements? Who shall bring a charge against God's he chose? That's how God see you. And if God see you as chosen and special, then you got to see yourself like he see you. And because of that, you walk in. And when you know that, this next statement gives you bold to say, it is God who justifies. And in other words, it's God who set me free. It is God who dropped the charges. It is God who's done that. So if God has done that, I'm privileged enough not to let you put me back in something that God has freed me. Because if I don't know that I've been justified, I may allow you to take my past and use it against me in my present and future. But because I know I've been set free. then I got to walk and act like a free man. See, when I got the right to sit at the front of the bus, physically, I was set free. But mentally, it took me years. Years. Why? Because in my mind, I was still that, that back of the bus guy. Years. To sit at the first table in a restaurant. Took even a little time in the restroom. Years to want to sit in front of the class. Just felt like when I walk in, I got to gravitate. 
Somebody told me I didn't deserve that privilege. And I believe what But now I've been set free. So I no longer see myself and define myself how society does. You've got to see yourself as being free from all things that happened in your life before Jesus. Amen. You, you can't do nothing about them. That's you. It happened. But Jesus is supposed to free you up from all the guilt, the pain, and all the things that come against you from your it hurts my heart when I hear Christians who are still struggling with their to the point that they're having mental breakdowns all about something that happened in their now I'm not trying to say that I'm downplaying mental illness. I know it's real. But what I'm trying to tell you everybody ain't mental that's dealing with their past. Some folks just don't know how to let it and walk in the privilege that Jesus has established for you. Look at what he said in verse 34. Who is, who is he who condemns? No friends who are talking about you because they don't, you know, don't win and look you up. They ain't got to go for you. Put it all out there for them. I mean, it's all out there. All your page, your life, you know, your page, you just put your whole life. That's okay. But when they read it, don't get upset. Because you know who you are now. You're just sharing with them, you know, the chronological change and transfer. And they got stuck, you know, in 2002. They saw the, you in 2002 and don't want to accept in 22. And you still back there trying to rectify 02. Some of y'all ain't old enough yet, but anyway, you will be. Maybe in 42, you'll be trying to rectify something. But this message, they're going to just prepare you for 42. So when 42 get here, you can say, <laughs> man, now back in 22. I got set free back in 22 from now. You can't bring that up against me. That's back in 22. What are you going off here? 22? Man, 22? Come on, man. It's 42 now. And you know what? The church, that's one thing we got to do. We got to stop taking people back to 02 when they're trying to live in 20. We're so quick to take them back. And because we take them back to 02, we can't get them to accept us. In but even when you don't accept them and they accept Jesus, guess what? When you stop praying for them, he's still praying. Look at what he says. Who is he con who condemned? It is Christ who died, and furthermore, is also risen. Who is he, he who is even at the right hand of God and also makes intercession for us? So Jesus is up there praying for you. Jesus is praying for us. He's praying for people that we may even be talking about because they're part of privilege. Sometimes we don't see our relatives as privileged as we. Born in the same family. Same mama and dad. And got the nerve to look down on baby brother, middle brother, older brother, baby sister. But if they know who they are 
and who they belong to. They ain't going to let you upset their privilege. Amen. Go to my last term. My last term is in Hebrews. I'm almost done with this. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 7. The writer of Hebrews, under the inspiration of the Spirit, further reveals to us that Jesus is our faithful high priest who lives forever to intercede on our behalf. But God established Jesus' priesthood with an oath and made Jesus' priesthood greater than the Levitical priesthood, which was under Aaron and his descendants. So the Lord took an oath, and he will not break that oath because he established that oath under Jesus' priesthood forever. Now, it's important to keep in mind that the book of Hebrews is a comparative study, comparing what was old to that which was new. Moses, old. Jesus, new. The old priesthood, Jesus' priesthood, new. The prophets, old. Jesus' prophet, prophet ministry is new. The law was the old system. Jesus implemented grace and truth, which are the And the writer wants us to know that the new is better. Don't go back and try to live in the old because the new is and sometimes we get caught up trying to live in the when the new is really, there's some old traditions, some old customs that we're trying to live in, but the new is, and sometimes when we fail to accept that, we put ourselves in bondage again to something that God has delivered us. We accept the fact, Cliff, that we don't have to go out and kill goats and doves and all that. Well, ain't nobody running around talking about, I want to go find me a goat and, and, and sacrifice him. I want to find me some doves. We like that part of the new. Jesus died once for us. I ain't got to go and hell. I, ain't, I don't have to be a sheep herder in order to have a daily sacrifice. Because some of us wouldn't, wouldn't be able. Man, if we were still under the law, some of y'all would be in trouble. Y'all don't like animals like that. And you definitely ain't going to kill one. So him dying for you was a better deal. Y'all got to get that. Can you imagine what it would be like if he hadn't done that? Today we'll have an altar up here and we'll be slinging blood. Because there's a good possibility that somebody walked in here with sin. I say a good possibility. I didn't say it was totally possible, but it's a but you're in the right place <laughs> because you got the privilege that you can go back to him and say, look, I made a miss. Under the law, you may have gotten. Let me go read this and finish it up. Let me look at this. Tanya, help me out. Give me a smile over there. Let me know I'm okay. You know, when I'll I be using you as my barometer. When, you, when I don't get to see nothing over that way, I know I may be way out, off, out, out of bounds somewhere. Keep me in the right territory. Now, look at this. Verse 22 of chapter 7, he says this. 
Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. Jesus put his life on the line. He is the earnest money. And he guarantees us a better deal. When I got him, I got to go into this relationship thinking, hey, God, I'm getting a better deal because of Jesus. And he is the guarantee that you're going to keep your word. You're not going to go back on your word. And the promises that you made me, I can stand on them because Jesus guarantees. We got a guarantee. You know, it's different. You know, people got a different attitude when they got a guarantee. You know, Cliff, you're dealing with a realtor trying to sell a house. He's a whole different guy when you give him $20,000. When you give him $20,000, you can walk, do what you want to do. He's just in the evening. That's all. He got a guarantee. And if you don't come back, he's $20,000 ahead. He still got the house. So what I'm trying to tell you, don't look down on the fact that Jesus is your guarantee. And everything that God promised you, you can depend on it because of the one who guarantees. Verse 23 says, There were many priests under the old system, but death prevented them from remaining in office forever. See, ain't nobody going to do this forever. Amen. You ain't going to be sitting out there for so he said now, but now we got a priest that's going to be on his job for You ain't got to have no succession plan that every two years you got to change him out. Why? Because he's always on the He remains in office forever. But look at this. But because Jesus lived forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through. So he's still doing what he was doing over 2,000 years ago. He's still saving folk who will come to him today because he never stopped even though he died on the cross. So I said his saving power is still in, in force. And anybody who wants to come to him today can come to him right now just like his disciples came to him over 2,000 years. Look at this. He says, he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Privilege. Privilege. You know, Cliff, I said earlier, you may forget about me, but Jesus lived for me. He know Cliff is subject to have a bad day. The route ain't going right. Numbers all out of sort. Your memory ain't working like you know, you know. And then all of a sudden now, Oh, man. 8 o'clock, I'll probably be praying for Pastor. But even though Cliff forgot about me, under the pressures of life, Wayne, Jesus, when people forget about you and your job is out, and you don't get the phone call that you thought you was going to get, you better look up to heaven and give thanks to the one who was People will let you down, but he will. And if you don't know he's praying for you all the time, then you will feel like you left out because ain't nobody call you and say, you're not praying for you today. Whether you get that call or not, you need to know that you're a child of privilege and Jesus is. 
Look at this, verse 26. Here's the kind of high priest we need. Somebody said we need. We need. He, he said he's the kind of high priest we need. Why? Because Bolden can't live up to this. Pope Francis can't live up to this. Can't do it. Cliff, you can't. Latham, you can't live up to this. We need Jesus. Amen. Well, let me read it. Show you we can't live up to it. If we could live up to it, he wouldn't have to come. We could have used him. We could have been the sacrifice. But we couldn't live up. That ain't nothing wrong with that. You just couldn't do it. The law wouldn't let you. Look at this. He is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy. Now, we all have messed up that holy card. <laughs> now, you laughing over there with me right there. <laughs> Thank you, Tanya. I appreciate it. I need that laugh right there. Because normally when you mention holy in the church, everybody get whoop, real quiet. But you done messed it up already. You couldn't do it. So you know you're holding it against you? Jesus did it for you. You're privileged. I came to him unholy. But he filled the holy card for me, so now I live through privilege. Now look, he says, he is holy and blameless. We didn't feel that one either, Finley. Some people out there probably still accusing us of some stuff. And unstained by saying, I know we didn't get that one right. Y'all don't have to sit here and look at me too serious. I can unequivocally say, you did not get that one right. You were not un... Jesus went among sinners, but he remained un... Now, you got to go amongst them too. Follow his example and do your best to remain un... It ain't easy. He didn't tell you to run from him and hide from him and go back into the closet. He wants you to represent him because you're a child of privilege. People need to know who you belong. I already know who you belong to. It's a world out there that don't know. And because they don't know, they need to hear from you. So he was unstained, free from sin. He said, now look, he says, he says, he has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. See that the right hand of God. Now look at this. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every good God Almighty. See, we feel in that Thing, we have to ask for some forgiveness, most of us a little bit every day. If we were the high priest, Cliff, every day we you know, went off on somebody, said something to somebody, and you know, accidentally cussed somebody, you know, we just done. And every day we'd be killing another dove. Our little dove claws would be empty. <laughs> but I'm so glad that we don't have to do that. All we got to do is go to 
That's a privilege. And I know the animal kingdom is glad. Hey. They did it for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did it once for all when he offered himself as the sacrifice for the people's sin. He was better than a dove or a goat or a ram. And we don't have to keep, even the Jews don't stop the sacrificial system. They don't want to accept him all the way, but they ain't run around killing goats. Because there must be something better. And I'm glad that God saw fit to offer something better for us. And because he offered something better for us, that put us in that seat of privilege. Last verse. He said, the law appointed high priests who were limited by human weaknesses. But after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath. And his son has been made perfect, the perfect high priest for his tenure don't come to an end. He appointed him to die once for all. And that one time dying was good enough to cover every generation that's going to come after. Even when we are dead and gone, Jesus' priesthood is going to still be going because somebody going to be doing what we are doing now or supposed to be doing now because the gospel is not going to die. The gospel is going to live on whether you perpetuate it or not. Somebody going to carry this gospel to somebody else. And what we got to do is do our part and live in the privilege that God has given us and see it as a, it's a privilege to be able to share the gospel with somebody who don't. And if you see that as a privilege, then you'll go out of your way sometime just to share that in a way that's kind of friendly. And, and you know, you don't want to attack nobody with the gospel because Jesus didn't attack us. But you know that there's some people out there who need to know that they're living below their privileges. And you got an answer to help them see themselves how God sees them. Somebody say, I'm privileged. Somebody say it like you believe it. Somebody say it again. I'm privileged. Now, now that you understand that you walk in that privilege, we ain't through with it yet because there's a lot of other things that you got privileges to that if you don't know, you're living below them. And it's my job to make sure that in the next couple of weeks that you And when you know who you are, you can carry yourself with confidence and boldness as you represent the one that you're in a relation. Amen? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise, if you will. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 We got several appeals. My first appeal is for salvation. We said earlier that Jesus came and he died just for us. The, the good thing about Romans is that he died while we were still sinners. He didn't wait till we got it right. So if you're online today or if you're in the house and you never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you would like to do that, we want to extend the invitation to you. 
that is you, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. If you're online, just give us a call or send us an instant message to let us know, and we'll have someone to contact you. If that is you, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. See no hands raised. Then my second appeal is for church membership. If you're here and you'd like to be a part of striving for perfection ministries, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. If you're online, again, you have the same opportunity to give us a call here at the church, and we'll definitely have that conversation with you. My third appeal is for baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're here and you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, the evidence speaking in other tongues, if that's something that you desire to know more about, we have information that we will share with you. Just say, hey, that is something that God has promised that I could have if I want it. I just want to know more about it. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. I see no hands. Then my fourth and final appeal is for our, our altar time or just prayer time. So if you've got a prayer concern, I just ask that you stand at your seat. If you've got a prayer concern, raise your hand, whatever you desire to do. But we just found out that he's already praying for us, so therefore he already knows what you have need of, but he still expects us to come to him in prayer. You no longer need to go between, between you and God to, to get your prayers through. You have access now because of Jesus. He will hear you just as well as he would hear me or any other person that prays for you. Yes, we still intercede for anyone that wanted to be prayed for. But man, we really need to teach people the power of their own prayers. That they can do this for themselves. I can't put the passion and feelings into what you're trying to get through to God like you can. My heart can't get to where your heart is. Even though I know what you want, I can't get there. But your relationship will get you there. Take advantage of that privilege that you have to be able to go to a holy God and come boldly before the throne of grace in your time of trouble and your time of need. Hallelujah. Jesus rent the veil of the temple so that you can have access to God. Let us pray. Father God, in the awesome and magnificent name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for giving us the opportunity to come boldly before you, God. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for us, God, so that we could have this privilege. And God, we thank you for the honor of being called be able to be called your children, Lord. We thank you for that privilege. We thank you for that honor. And God, we just ask now that as we come to you, God, that you look at our hearts. You already know who we have need of, God, so we just ask that you look at our hearts, God. See what we have need of, God, and let us express that in our own way. And God, we ask that you incline your ear down now to hear your children. God, if they're interceding on behalf of someone else, a family member, a friend, or whatever, God, I just pray that you allow Jesus to continue to pray for them as they pray for others. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of your people, God. And I give you praise, honor, and glory in advance because I know that you are a faithful God. And I know you hear and answer the prayers of the righteous. So therefore, God, we thank you in advance. And we say we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.